0: Well, hello, Jer. Today I'm going to talk about Dublin, the biggest city in Ireland. Is Dublin? It is situated on the River Liffey in the southeast of Ireland. It began as a Christian ecclesiastical settlement in the sixth and seventh century, which was called Duvlin or Duvlin Blackpool. In Irish, dove or du means black, and lin means pool. So, the word Dublin refers to a dark, tidal pool of bog water where the river Puddle entered the Liffey. In 1841, Dublin was invaded by the Vikings, who called it Difflin. There was another Celtic settlement further up the river, which was called Ach Ford of the Hurdles, and this name still remains today in Irish. Ach or Ballyachach the Vikings remained almost three centuries in Ireland, but they were finally defeated by the High King, Brian Boru at the famous Battle of Clontarf in 1014. Those Vikings who remained gave up their weapons for a commercial life. In 1169, when Strongbow and the Anglo-Norman knights invaded Ireland, they took over Dublin and made it their centre of power, thus putting an end to rule from Tara, which for centuries had been the seat of the Gaelic High Kings of Ireland. However, the Anglo-Norman knights gradually blended into life in Ireland. They adopted Irish culture and customs and forms of dress. They learned Irish, and it was said that they were more Irish than the Irish themselves. The Statutes of Kilkenny stated that the descendants of the Anglo-Normans were not allowed to adopt Irish customs, or to dress like the Irish, or to marry an Irish person, or to speak Irish. But the fact is that when the statutes of Kilkenny were introduced in 1366, they had to be translated into Irish, as the Anglo-Irish didn't understand them, and so they ignored them. Dublin became peopled with settlers from England and Wales and they lived in an enclosed fortified area around Dublin called the Pale, which was relatively small. The Pale was effectively under the English crown during the 14th and 15th centuries. Those who lived outside the Pale were thought to be unruly and dangerous and those who lived within the Pale felt threatened. In 1348, Dublin fell prey to the Black Death, a lethal bubonic plague which took its toll on the population, as it had been the case all over Europe. The dead were buried in mass graves in an area which is still called the Black Pits. When Henry VIII declared himself King of Ireland in 1541... The term the Pale" was no longer used as then the whole of Ireland was under English rule. Not only did Henry VIII bring English rule, he also brought Anglicanism. Monasteries were closed and lands of the church were confiscated. Land which had belonged to the Priory of All Saints from the 12th century was given to the crown. Later, Queen Elizabeth I of England established Trinity College as a Protestant university on that land and she ordered that the Catholic cathedrals of St. Patrick's and Christ Church be converted to the Protestant Church. Trinity College was closed to Catholics until 1793. However, Catholics were later banned by their own bishop from attending Trinity until 1970. Dublin became the capital of Ireland and was ruled by the new Protestant English minority. Strict penal laws were introduced to prevent the Catholic majority from having any power. By 1700, Dublin was the second largest city in the British Empire. It was also the time of building Georgian style houses in Merrion Square, Parliament House and the Royal Exchange. In 1759, the Guinness Brewery was founded. It became the largest employer in Dublin and eventually the largest brewery in the world. Arthur Guinness had signed a 9,000-year lease at a rent of £45 a year on the disused premises Of St. James Gate Brewery. Just imagine, the rent never went up, so that future generations were still paying only £45 a year. The linen industry was also booming and became an important Irish export, unlike the woollen industry, which had been badly affected by the high taxes imposed by London. In 1800, The Act of Union was passed and so Dublin's Parliament was dissolved. Ireland was part of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland and as such it was ruled from Westminster. When the Great Famine hit Ireland, the wealthy people in Dublin were not affected and carried on with life as usual. The poor, however, suffered greatly. Their main means of sustenance were potatoes, and when the potatoes rotted in the earth, there was nothing left for people to eat. Thousands died of hunger, and for those who could, mass immigration was the only solution. It was a great tragedy for Ireland. The population decreased dramatically and has still not recovered to what it was before the famine. Dublin can boast to having one of the largest walled, city parks in Europe. Phoenix Park, Aras an the residence of the President of Ireland, is located in the park, as is the official residence of the United States ambassador. And of course, Dublin Zoo, where the famous MGM lion was born. He was called Leo, and he began announcing the beginning of MGM movies in 1957. In fact, He's still roaring today. Well, not the original Leo. Today, it's the eighth Leo who stars in that important role. County Dublin has no less than 130 rivers, so it's not surprising that there are also quite a few bridges. The pedestrian Liffey Bridge was built in 1816. It was made of cast iron and was known as the Hapenny Bridge, because there were turnstiles at both ends of the bridge where you had to pay a toll of a halfpenny to cross. The charge remained the same until 1919, when it was finally dropped. Daniel O'Connell, also known as the Liberator, is highly revered in Ireland. He fought for the restoration of Ireland, and his name appears in many places in Dublin, for example, the O'Connell Bridge. It's the only bridge in Europe to be the same length as its width, that is, 45 metres. In other words, 45 metres long and 45 metres wide. O'Connell Street is the main street in Dublin. It runs from O'Connell Bridge to Parnell Street. It's also said to be the widest street in Europe. As you go up O'Connell Street, you can see the monument to O'Connell and the bullet holes on the plinth from the time of the 1916 uprising. You can also see bullet holes in the walls of the General Post Office from the same time. Another impressive feature is the enormous spire, a tall needle-like monument which is also called the Monument of Light and is 120 metres high. It was built on the place which Nelson's Pillar used to occupy before it was blown up in 1966. There's also a large statue of Charles Stuart Parnell, who was called the Uncrowned King of Ireland for his untiring work to achieve home rule for Ireland. And there's another statue of Jim Larkin, the trade union leader, who is particularly remembered for his role in the 1913 Dublin lockout. Glasnevin Cemetery is an iconic place to visit, as many of the important figures of Irish history are buried there, including those I've just mentioned. The watchtowers and walls enclosing Glasnevin Cemetery were built to deter body snatchers. Stealing bodies had been a lucrative business in the 18th and early 19th centuries. The skeletons were sold to medical students or doctors. And speaking of doctors, it was a Dublin man called Barry Edward O'Mara who was doctor to Napoleon when he lived in exile on the island of St Helena. O'Mara was well educated and could speak both French and Italian. Napoleon obviously appreciated the Irish doctor as he gave him his toothbrush and other mementos before he died in 1821. Mind you, it was no ordinary toothbrush. It had a silver handle with the letter N stamped into the design, and it is now on display at the Royal College of Physicians in Ireland. Now, who would have guessed that a waiter at the Shelbourne Hotel in 1909 would be remembered in 1821? Well, that waiter was Adolf Hitler's half-brother. It's true. Alois Hitler lived and worked in Dublin for a time as a waiter in the Shelbourne Hotel. He met a girl called Bridget Dowling and they eloped to London. Sorry, but we don't have any further information after that. But interesting to imagine that half-brother of Hitler worked at the Shelbourne Hotel. Dublin is famous for its great writers. Among them, we have Abraham Stoker, or Bram Stoker, as he was known as. He wrote the famous horror novel Dracula. He was born in Clontarf in 1847, the third of seven children. He went to Trinity College in 1864. After leaving in 1870, he went to London, where he found a job as business manager of the Lyceum Theatre. He wrote his famous novel in 1897, after a stay in Whitby. Now, Whitby is in Yorkshire in the north of England, and it was the inspiration for his book, The story of Dracula begins there when an old Russian Goleta runs aground on the beach of Whitby during a storm. All the crew die, but a fierce dog jumps off the ship when the villagers come to rescue any possible survivors. That dog is in fact Count Dracula. But no, I'm not going to spoil it by telling you what happens next. Someone who was not buried in Glasnevin Cemetery is St. Valentine. He is buried in Dublin in the Whitefriar Street Carmelite Church. His remains are in a casket. He was revered as a 3rd century saint after he was executed and buried in Rome. Centuries later, an Irish priest was permitted to exhume the skeleton. The remains are now kept in a secure vault beneath the Carmelite church. But there's a beautiful statue and shrine to see if you visit. It's a popular place for people to visit on the 14th of February, St. Valentine's Day. There's no doubt that Dublin is full of charm and attracts thousands of visitors from all over the world. It's impossible for me to do it justice in this short account. So now is the time to treat yourself to that holiday you've been looking forward to and go to Dublin to see for yourself.